0: You are listening to Talking Star Wars. Hello, I'm Alex. And I'm Connor. And today we're going to talk about Star Wars. Like we normally do, but not exactly through the same methods because we're on Zoom. Because uh, someone lost the uh, audio for our upcoming episode again. And I'm not going to point fingers, but it was me. You'd have have to be in front of a mirror to do that, Connor. Yes, and I, I don't contain any because I don't want my soul stolen, so there's that.
1: All right, so this is um, take two of the episode strikes back, and our topic today is video games and Star Wars. It is a medium that we have mentioned before but have not delved into in depth about not novels, not movies, not shows, but an interactive form of media and how Star Wars has engaged with that media before how it has used it as a storytelling method how it's worked how it hasn't and our personal Mm -hmm. thoughts on the matter
0: right Uh, i find it kind of striking and interesting that star wars was born in a time when video gaming was at its infancy and it sort of developed with the medium Uh, so many of the first games were uh, simulations of the death star run or the Empire Strikes Back Assault, where you had to try to stop an AT-AT walker, but done very crudely on the Atari system, which I, I think predates us in our generation, but you know, to be fair, that is where a lot of the uh, uh, gaming conventions began for this series. Yeah, so we're not going to do a full genealogy of the video games of Star Wars
1: in many systems. It spans 50 years at this point, from pinball machines to... Mm games released on the Nintendo 64 and earlier to dozens of PC games, many of which, you know, were something like simple adaptations of the story in side scroller format to barely related to Star Wars at all. Mm-hmm. To a VR game recently where you are Vader and you slash things with your lightsaber or are Ooh. trying to avoid Vader while slashing things with your lightsaber. <laughs> we're going to focus is on what we those. all want to do. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But our focus, once want, we wanted to look at specific video games that have either, you know, gone from just simple, yeah, I don't want to use the word cash grab, but where um, has have utilized the medium of interactive video gaming to tell a unique story, mm-hmm. and what we think the role of
0: that type of interactive narrative and visual narrative in Star Wars is. Yeah, and you you hit the nail where so many of The early games were just adaptations of scenes or specific movies. Uh, The first Star Wars video game I remember playing is the adaptation for Return of the Jedi on Super Nintendo. And not being able to get past the first screen because it is or was dreadfully horrible. And then I went back to it as an adult and tried playing it and I wasn't able to get past the first screen. So it is still quite dreadfully horrible. Yeah, the first video game I remember
1: is... Uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2, where you play through highlights of Episodes 4, 5, and 6 from the uh, cockpit of a fighter as part of the Rebellion, some of which are direct adaptations of movies, such as the Battles of Yavin and Endor, and others were Legends missions sort of filling in the gaps between movies.
0: Those are fun. Uh, My grandpa was a bit of a gamer, and I remember him playing through that in X-Wing, uh, so, just pretty fair and fun simulators, kind of like what I was getting to uh, to with the Atari. It's you know just this kind of simple simulation from a cockpit with lines denoting where you should shoot, and with graphical limitations. That's all you get. But with the advancement, the simulation becomes more and more authentic. So, I think that the you know those games in particular, X Wing and Rogue Squadron, stand out as being just great representations of what it's like to experience Star Wars and not just watch it.
1: Yeah, so there are many genres of video game that Star Wars has dabbled in over the years. There is the um, space dogfighting sim which you know joins other similar games like Ace Combat and um, War Thunder where you are in the cockpit of a ship and you are flying around shooting other other things. Um, The most recent and only current canon example of this game is Star Wars Squadrons, um, released uh, uh, as of the time of this recording, um, two, three years ago, uh, where you take on both the role of an Imperial remnant um, squadron of TIE Fighters, as well as a New Republic immediate um, post-rebellion wing of X-Wings and other Mm -hmm. starfighters as well.
0: How would you say those uh, behave in comparison to those older Rogue Squadron X-Ring games? Uh, have they recaptured the magic? Or have they failed to, like some other game we'll be bringing up later in this episode? So I would say the Star Wars Squadrons is it realizes
1: the genealogy of games that it's coming from. And it does its best to also tell a story in sort of this unique... Um, sometimes you play as the... Empire, sometimes you play as the New Republic, so Mm -hmm. sort of waffles between those two factions. You know, if it's similar, if anyone is familiar to Halo 2, where sometimes you're playing as um, the Master Chief, sometimes it's the Arbiter, you see the war from both sides, and, and then it's also an excuse to let you pilot. Oh, in this mission, you're in a well-shielded but lumbering Y-wing with uh, a bomb loadout. Oh, and now in this mission, you're in a shieldless but incredibly fast TIE fighter, desperately shooting down New Republic transports or opposing Imperial factions. So it's an excuse in the story to
0: give you get you in the pilot seat of all of these ships. Yeah, it's a fun and, way, by the sounds of it, to bring some variety to the experience, too.
1: Yeah. And as far as genre goes, this is certainly leading more into the military, industrial, political war side of the Star Wars setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of older games, Jedi Starfighter, where it did mix force powers with being in a starship. But most of the starship games have been, you are a very good but normal pilot. And even when you are a pilot, you have Luke Skywalker as your pilot in a rogue squadron, for example, he doesn't gain any particular powers that the player does not have just by being a Jedi.
0: Sure. Which brings to mind, we don't really get to see Jedi use the force in their Jedi starfighters other than, I don't know, avoiding laser blasts or things like that. So Disney, if you're listening, just some more uh, spice to your action scenes, have the, the Jedi throw things out of the sky while in their cockpits. But, yeah. but- that's a discussion for another day.
1: It is partic- specifically mentioned in the Clone Wars and other places that the reason the Jedi fly, particular Jedi design starfighters, is that they are deliberately z- designed with less instrumentation and s- more intuitive controls because sure. the pilot who relies on the Force does not need all of the technological assistance that you know a, a clone pilot or a Republic pilot would need to get the same result, and so by removing those distractions and allowing them to use the force, the the ship is able to function more effectively. Such is why we always see in the Clone Wars, um, all the way from Obi-Wan's Jedi Starfighter, that he uh, dogfights Jango Fett in the asteroid belt around Geonosis to the battle over Coruscant in Episode 3. That is why the Jedi are always in unique Starfighters, as they are designed to be more compatible with... Um, the ability of their pilots to call in the force, you know, and this is even qu- captured by Obi Wan saying, "Hey Luke, you don't need your target computer. That's for people who don't have, you know, force sensitivity. You can right sense right. this without needing that particular um, technological tool."
0: That's fair. So, seeing that style of gameplay in a future um, starship simulator would be interesting uh, to have that difference between some of the more mechanical controls versus the more intuitive. That could be an interesting way to vary up the gameplay. So yeah, so that back. is certainly
1: one genre of video game of Star Wars that has continued to exist. That I think you know, it's sort of like it's more niche than it used to be as far as uh, video game genres go. But Star Wars spans many genres and many types of media. So I'm not surprised to see that it has a foothold and a toehold in that genre. And you even get little bits of like using a vehicle in as diverse things as, you know, Star Wars Battlefront. Which was another genre mm. Logan, too, where you can briefly pilot a Tie Fighter or an X Wing, and they have space battles. Um, or Lego Star Wars, even there are space battle portions in your sure. Lego um, Star Wars starships.
0: And uh, I think Battlefront is a good uh, subject to transition to because it's another kind of simulator. It's a battleground infantry simulator, and or uh, we're referring first to. Uh, the Battlefront that was released back in the early 2000s for the Xbox and the PlayStation, a uh, dynamic duo of games that were just a fantastic facsimile of what it's like to be a stormtrooper, clone trooper, rebel, or uh, a droid in battle, and uh, slowly being able to uh, control one of the, the force wielders or heroes or villains from the series. It's, uh, it was a game that is very much... Uh, don't know based in nostalgia but i still turn it on to this day and have a just a wallop of a good time which uh i can't necessarily say about the two new battlefront games
1: yeah so for those unaware there have been four star wars battlefront games released and now we're going into the uh multiplayer tactical shooter combat third person game genre most story-based titles are battlefront Two, the original 2005 and then battlefront 2 the one released in um uh, 2020 2021 the original battlefront 2 had a now legend story about the 501st legion both during the clone wars in the Interregnum before the empire and in the early period of the the empire under the command of anakin skywalker and then later darth vader that story itself is no longer canon um, after the events of the clone wars However, it was an attempt to use this squad-based tactical combat um, shooter to tell a story about the Clone Wars, you know, the Jedi that they were working with and later betrayed, the loyalty they had to Anakin, the attack on the Jedi Temple, uh, voiced by Tamura Morrison. So you have that original story. And then in the more recent Battlefront games, which had their controversies as far as their downloadable content and their cost, and the quality of their gameplay. But they did, um, the Battlefront 2, the more recent one, did ship with a complete and, in my view, interesting story about a Inferno Squadron, an Imperial, um, special ops squad that survives the Battle of Endor, works for the Imperial Remnant, and then ends up joining the rebellion. Slash New Republic because you know the rebellion becomes the New Republic after the Battle of Endor.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean, the game. Well, I appreciate the story that the the newer Battlefront two tells, and that they were able to expand that into different novel series and the like. The gameplay just feels so empty in comparison. It looks beautiful, but in the original two Battlefronts, I just remember uh, you know storming the the Jedi Temple, and it's just uh, floor to floor enemies and uh, the, the feeling was that much of a, of a battle of a war with new battlefront it's just kind of camping and waiting one or two people come by shoot them. maybe I get to play as the, the emperor it doesn't have the same excitement maybe it's just adult cynicism or my hopes were up too high for the, the new battlefront to be released based on my opinions of the original games but it just it didn't compare
1: and this is where we get into subjects unique to video games, where the the threshold for suspension of disbelief and achieving verisimilitude are different for interactive fiction um, than for a more static media, such as a movie, a show, or a novel. That is static media you simply... Not simply, but it is presented to you and you enjoy it in a video game it is an interactive fiction where you are taking on the role of a character or group of characters within the setting so in one hand there our mind fills in more gaps uh assuming that there are certain parts of the the mechanics of a game where does not translate 100 percent into how this would work in a non-game atmosphere but then there are times when then the ba- it also makes the necessity for verisimilitude higher when something feels more unrealistic when you're in the role it can uh, make suspension of disbelief more complicated and this tension between what's depicted in a game and the actual events as they realistically could have occurred in a non-interactive media has a specific term called uh, ludonarrative dissonance uh, and the ability of a game to avoid or deal with its own ludonarrative dissonance in the setting it's in is a key part of modern game design.
0: And uh, I had to have Alex explain to me what this term was because I, I know he's, he's said it in front of me and I probably smiled and nodded so that I wouldn't embarrass myself, but I was not aware. Uh, and I, I think I can boil down uh, what ludonarrative dissonance is to the fact that in the movies, a lightsaber can cut through anything with ease. And in some video games, a lightsaber is treated as a wiffle ball bat, as to not overpower the player. Because if the player had an actual lightsaber, they'd be able to mow down everything all at once. Um, yeah, you, I you take see a look this... at the first Battlefront, and I can sprint as Darth Maul into a crowd of clone troopers, and they will all meet their demise. Whereas it, it feels like I need to thwomp them a few times in the newer Battlefronts in order to do the, the same accomplishment.
1: Yeah, and you'll see this. Um, Ludo narrative dissonance is something like Fallen Order, where our main character is a Jedi and he has the Force. And this is a very strong story based game, but there are certain creatures on higher difficulties or bounty hunters where he attacks with his lightsaber and rather than immediately chopping off their arm or anything, it, or getting through the armor of the purge trooper, it simply their health bar decreases by a little bit. And only when their health bar is completely depleted can he strike a, a, a killing blow. Right uh so that and then also you know his health bar gets low when he gets shot by a blaster And rather than being a near mortal wound as when kylo ren is shot by a bowcaster by chewbacca um he his healthful droid companion shoots him a stim and he is able to um recover his health and continue on and and that's an example of just there are differences between the media so there is And willing suspension of disbelief is like, did that actually happen in this exact sequence as I'm playing through the games if I were to imagine it happening 100% in reality? And the answer is no. Did um, BD, Calcastus' companion, have stims that he gave him in case he was injured? Absolutely. Did he fight and kill all of these things, like stormtroopers on his search through there? Yes. Were there necessarily 150 stormtroopers in this one ruin um, that he needed to farm for experience points? Well, no but you accept that as you know, part of the difference in the type of story that you're going through you the video game tropes and media require different you know engagement and there are some games where they tr- commit to 100 uh verisimilitude and they try to avoid any ludonarrative dissonance but that is a that is a different approach to game design than something what something like um, squadrons in Fallen Order have gone through. And as a side note, there is also a tie in novel to the most recent Star Wars game at the time of this recording, the Interqual Between Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, where the author, I think, does. So the novel is uh, Battle Scars, Jedi Survival Battle Scars. And the author makes mention of Oak and then just mowing down. 50 stormtroopers from Cal Kestis with his lightsaber, and then him popping Tim's in the middle of battle as a direct depiction of you know what might happen in the game in a similar sequence. And it causes almost some reverse little narrative dissonance. It's like, oh, we expect that in a game, but now we're depicting game mechanics in another media. And that's one of the criticisms of the novel, even though I very much enjoyed it, was you know, we sort of accept that as an ex- acceptable break from reality and our suspension of disbelief in a video game, but we expect you to translate that into more believable form outside of an interactive fiction.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the same argument as uh, another popular video game I'd call the kind of the action adventure predecessor to Fallen Order, and that would be with uh, the 2000s Force Unleashed games, where you play as uh, Darth Vader's Secret Apprentice, and uh, he is goated, as they say, when it comes to his force ability, where he has. Uh, uh, he can choke, he can shoot people with lightning, he can uh, send a concussive blast just from his body. Uh, and people say, oh, he would never work in Star Wars TV or film media because he's simply overpowered. Every video game character is simply overpowered. You know, everyone is, you know, not everyone, but there's unlimited ammo, there's XYZ in order to improve health. So, of course, a uh, one to one comparison would not occur from video game to TV, just like if they brought Darth Revan from the video games, he would be depowered in uh, visual media, just to make sure that there's no contradiction with the uh, rest of the series around him. So, kind of touching quick on action-adventure games. Again, with uh, Force Unleashed and with Fallen Order, it's so much about the narrative, about the story, following the characterization where while that might be included in a battlefront game the focus on those is so much more about the uh overall grand scale story yeah
1: the the, the gameplay has its own inherent quality aside from the story much like yeah. cinematography in a film can have value by itself um even aside from the the writing and acting um so to a video game's design and enjoyability to play as a video game could have inherent and intrinsic value Above and beyond or
0: alongside or even below the quality of the story that it's telling. So the games on the spectrum of uh, 100% accurate, not 100% accurate, but pretty accurate facsimile of uh, film experience to the more we're going to create this experience in itself in this action adventure type game.
1: Yeah, and I would say that the Force Unleashed and Fallen Order are operating in a very similar space where we have a particular protagonist strong in the Force going through a particular story in a level-based environment. Um, Gameplay-wise, there's a little bit of a, we call it a Metroidvania style in Fallen Order where you have to pick up specific abilities to go back and grab collectibles from other areas, whereas uh, the Force Unleashed is more of a... uh, earlier design where it's a hack and slash God of war esque, uh, you are an unstoppable machine of slaughter uh, kind of story, but um, both of them invite you to empathize with the protagonist as they go through a harrowing set of adventures. So they're sort of operating in the same narrative space as a genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we're going to talk about star Wars genre, Connor, we of course have to talk upon the, the crown jewel in the crown of Star Wars video game story
0: and that would be uh, the Knights of the old public if I'm picking up what you're putting down is that correct?
1: That is correct yeah, largely regarded as one of the best stories ever told in Star Wars in you know it's clunky early 2000s glory um, and this is a game where the the story really stands above and beyond the mechanics um, mechanics are based on d20 system uh released alongside the third edition of DD. Uh, you know, if you have ability scores and attributes, saving throws and combat rounds. So but people don't really remember that too much from Knights of the Old Republic. What they remember is the the story of the main character, um, the twists and turns that the narrative takes exploring this aspect of Star Wars that had not been fleshed out in the era of the Old Republic, Darth Revan, Darth Malik, the hero who confronts them, the party of characters that you get um, gather around you and this was one of the first efforts from the now i won't call formulaic but distinctive bioware rpg where you have you know deep dialogue trees and stories between various characters that you can explore as the game goes on so this is another genre of star wars is the true role-playing game where you invites you to not just go through the linear story experienced by a unique character, but to create your own character and assume their persona and their uh, motivations within the greater context of the Star Wars setting. Mm
0: -hmm. And what's really interestingly unique about Knights of the Old Republic, I find, is that the creators were brave and just due to limitations, because I think that uh, George Lucas only allowed for certain periods to be explored uh, when he was in control of the, the Star Wars universe back when and rather than trying to do something contemporary they went at, like further back than any other piece of star wars media at that time so knights of the old republic takes place some thousands of years before the star wars story that we recognize and taking a look at the other examples of the star wars games from around that era or before you have a uh, you know shadow of the empire where you get to play as han solo replacement dash rendar Or there's the Jedi Outcast games where you get to play as Han Solo replacement, Kyle Katarn, but with a lightsaber. It's these similar stories where, you know, we can't have you play as Luke Skywalker because we know how that story goes. But if we set you up as this somewhat similar character in a somewhat similar spaceship, you can have somewhat similar adventures. So Knights of the Old Republic stands out because it doesn't have just a replacement for you to play as, but your own universe, your own set of characters that... uh, you know, you get to interact with and decide the uh, trajectory of.
1: Yeah. So a, a modern role-playing game to be able to create your own character was certainly an innovation to include in Star the Star Wars universe. Um, and it works in the sense of Knights of the Old Republic because it's set so far in the past that your particular character becoming a hero can be remembered in the far future sort of vaguely with your various decisions and attributes um, that are specific in the game able to fit in whatever your particular canon of the universe is. And again, we come back to the, the question of through narrative dissonance where, yes, there must have been this character must have existed at least on these particular things, but within the bounds of those particular must have happened events. The, you know, in Knights of the Republic, the hero always confronts Darth Malak, always has Bastila Shan as a companion, um, mm-hmm. always fights against the Sith Empire. Um, beyond that you have wide leeway in the game to make your choices and then how that fits into the greater story um, requires deft storytelling and it's probably why the the new canon has avoided true role-playing games in favor of something like Fallen Order where you travel through a story and you might have tactical choice about what to do but the story beats themselves are decided upon and can be built off of then in future media and um, other areas.
0: And uh, this may be be where the future of Star Wars lays, because we might be getting a remake of uh, The Old Republic, and we may be getting a dialogue tree-based game called Star Wars Eclipse set around the High Republic, yet with video games, even more so than actual uh, visual TV or film media, it's nebulous as to whether or not things will be finished and actually released, because there's a penchant for projects to be announced and then for nothing to come of it. So I'm going to try to put my pessimistic side down and just hope that we get to see Eclipse and the Knights of the Old Republic remake, uh, just because you know there's nothing wrong with variety. it it brings spice. It helps to satisfy the different kinds of fans that uh, Star Wars has to offer. So hopefully we get to see some, some options in the future for more role-playing RPG type games.
1: Yeah. And there are certainly more uh, in the past. I mean, there were dozens and dozens of Star Wars games from um, the galaxy at war games with, which was um, real-time strategy to action RPGs to Knights of the Old Republic in sort of its own category um, to space combat games, to ground attack games like the Republic Commando um, in the first person shooter genre directly. So we had a profusion of Star Wars games. And then sort of in the new non-Legends Disney canon era, we've had fewer, um, likely due to the increased cost in modern era mm-hmm. of developing video games and also a greater concern with having a more unified um, story and themes so for example you know in the legends era there was you know star wars obi-wan which was an original xbox game where you played as obi-wan and through the events of uh, the phantom menace and it threw in a whole side subplot about cortosis droids um you do not have a video game set you know during the events of the rise of skywalker you play as ray with a lightsaber and mm-hmm. you know are able to guide her through you know the caves searching for ochi of bastoon or any healing the worm you don't have that direct um adaptation the closest you get is the lego star wars the skywalker saga which does walk you directly through many of that but in a mm-hmm. in a lego versions of all the characters
0: uh, and i was gonna land on that in the conclusion you know if we have this spectrum of uh, on one side of the simulations of the movies and on the other side, you know, brand new stories that are very character driven right in the middle. You have the Lego games, which are uh, the most fun, I think out of all these star Wars games and they're the least serious out of all of them. But damn, if they're not a a representation of uh, uh, walking through the movies and experiencing them um, in a a very cutesy fun, but still adventurous uh, kind of method.
1: Well, this, the Lego Star Wars games absolutely know that you know that you're playing a Lego Star Wars game. So, you're like, this is mm-hmm. going to be mildly ridiculous. Things are going to explode into different Lego pieces and studs, and um, we we don't have to be entirely serious because this is not a faithful adaptation. This is a a, a toy-based retelling, um, but it is that is able to embrace, I think, better game design because it's not trying to achieve either 100% verisimilitude or you know, highlighting its own ludonarrative dissonance. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely a fan of the Lego star Wars games, but to go back to your dichotomy earlier, it's like, I appreciate personally the move away from here's a, just a direct video game adaptation of the events of the film. We already have the film, the film happened. The film is not an interactive piece of media. When you, if you're going to have a video game story, you should take advantage of the uh, medium within which you are telling the story. To um, both foster engaging gameplay, which is like good cinematography in a film, and then also to tell a story that cannot be told visually. So when there are certain video games that receive like, you know, miniseries adaptations or movies, I'm like, you're always going to miss some of it because if the video game story was robust enough and told the right way, you can't replicate the exact feeling in a more static medium.
0: Exactly. It doesn't put you in the shoes of the protagonist as much. It doesn't give you the choices that you can make as the protagonist. And uh, I think it points out well that uh, the series that are adapted well from video games uh, may not be the ones that are the most uh, interactive of games. I'm looking at You, Last of Us. Like That is a, a movie that you get to play and not so much a, an experience that you get to share. In no, my opinion, no, no, no. I, there's,
1: I, there's nothing wrong with the interactive movie, but it's just another particular genre of video game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and having recently played God of War, I cannot, you know, discount my enjoyment of the interactive movie. But sure. there's not really much choice as far as the story goes, and neither is there in Fallen Order. But as an example of, you know, something that embraces its um, genre to tell a compelling story, we have the. Use of Calkestis's psychometry, Force Echo, mm-hmm. to be able to pick up on, you know, the stories objects have told, which gives us a reason to have all those codex entries get added when you find an object in the setting, because we have a protagonist who that literally ties into his Force powers. So that's an example of and enmes- meshing together a storytelling device in a video game and using it to tell a broader story.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that. Uh... You know, To sum things up, just the experience of a video game is valuable because it allows you to experience the universe in a different way from a perspective that's a little bit more active. And uh, I, uh, you know, just as always with everything Star Wars, hope that Disney doesn't fumble the ball and continues to give us experiences that are well-planned, well-thought-out, and diverse compared to the movies and TV that we get to experience as well.
1: Yeah, so we're always looking forward to new Star Wars games, hoping that they continue the trend of embracing the the medium and genre itself to tell uh, compelling stories and being less, you know, either adaptations of what we've already seen, or um, not wanting to accept that they are games and use those mechanics um, and you know achieve the appropriate type of verisimilitude for, for the audience. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been our exploration of video games in the Star Wars. Please tell us your fond memories of uh, Star Wars video games, either growing up or now, or your hopes for the future of video games. You can comment on any of our videos on YouTube, on wherever you find this podcast, or check out our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash talking Star Wars.
0: We're coming up on a full year of Talking Star Wars, and we want to thank you, our listeners and followers for joining us along and looking forward to you sharing the ride with us some more.
1: All right. Thank you all for listening.
0: Have a good one.